right, let's get to it. Open your Bible, Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, fighting, fighting. With, the right attitude. with the right attitude. Fighting with the right attitude. There is a specific way that you can live your life that will guarantee you a better outcome. You can go to school, you can get a master's degree, you can get a doctorate degree, you can get, um, develop great skills. But if you have the wrong attitude, if you have the wrong attitude, it just can sabotage all of that. I've seen people do it. And some of that is developed, most of that is developed within the family context. Families nurture and create certain approaches and attitudes. And sometimes you don't realize that's what's happened to you until you get into a relationship with somebody. And it doesn't have to be marriage, it can be just a close friendship. And they expose you to yourself. They say, man, that's not, what did you just say? You shouldn't say that to people, they'll stop you. Good friends will check you and say, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, your tone, your tone, your tone, you're a little bit too, too uptight over that issue. And in marriage, it really becomes clear because you sleep in the same bed, you, you, you have the same issues, and you find yourself running into your philosophy of life, whether it be how clean you are in terms of you know, the way you keep your room or drawer or desktop organized, or the way that you keep your car organized or clean. Some people don't believe that you should service your car until it's broke. Not broken, why are we going to spend that money now? We can hold that money. I know the light's on. The life say, check me now, out, but it's not out yet. When that light come on, you got at least two more months to go. And some people believe that you should do it time the light comes on, like me. I just believe in servicing my cars because I, I don't like being on the side of the road. I've been there, and it's not fun. So that's just a conviction I have. And it's amazing. Your convictions affect your choices, how you spend, and all of that is profound, has a profound effect. And you, you learn those things about yourself. You learn your attitude towards things when you engage with other people. And that's why I think a church relationship is good, because it forces you into relationship. You need to have people. God never intended for you to, to, to be alone. And I want to be clear that I don't think that church is the only place that can happen, but there's something that grows in you when you interact with people. And Daniel is the model of a guy who was amazing. From 15 years old all the way up to 80s, this guy, this guy was amazing. He, he, imagine, you go into slavery at 15, and, and, and you can't control anything. You can, you can think my whole life is gone, but not this guy. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were four guys who are models of hanging in there, especially Daniel. Because in Daniel's life, he serves, he's captured by Nebuchadnezzar's family, taken to Babylon, and he's there, which is modern-day Iraq, which is amazing, isn't it? He's taken to Babylon, right? And, he, and, he's, and he's respected by Nebuchadnezzar. Then four kings under Nebuchadnezzar, he still survives. Not much, nothing is written about his relationship with those guys, but he survives. Then Belshazzar, again, he's, chapter 5 of Daniel, he shows up and he's respected. Then in chapter 6, a new king. Somehow this guy, for 
multiple leaders is respected or seems to be respected in scripture. And so in Daniel chapter 6, there's a new guy uh, who takes over after Belshazzar is killed. Remember in the last sermon I talked to you about Belshazzar, the hand was writing on the wall. It says you've been weighing the balances and found wanting. And, and then he tells Daniel, if you can interpret what happened with the hand writing on the wall, he says, I'll make you the third leading ruler in, in, in the country. And so he tells him, he promotes Daniel, and that very night, the king is killed. So he was only the third man in charge for a few minutes. But what's amazing is, in chapter 6, the next guy makes an incredible statement about Daniel. Look at the text, Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent, read with me please, come on, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to doing what? setting him over the whole realm. How does this guy who was a slave end up with this kind of favor? Here's what it teaches me. You can be in a bad place and have good results. You can have the worst boss, the worst job, the worst environment, and it's not always about moving you to another place. Sometimes the answer to your prayer is not what you think it is. You think, God, you need to move me. He says, no, I placed you. No, you need to move me. These people are crazy. I know that's why I placed you there. You are on assignment to help the crazy people because somebody helped you when you were crazy. Come on, say amen, right? So you have to understand this is a moment when Daniel is in this incredibly difficult environment. And what you're going to see is the polit politics of a great man. He has to manage politics. And for this season, it's just really a good word because politics basically is someone has an opinion, right? And they're trying to win you over to that opinion. It's all politics is. It's, it's, I'm trying to get you to agree with me. Politicians do that, you know, trying to get you to see my side. And so they're different, quote, political views. And so Daniel is surrounded, as you're going to see, with politics. But in the midst of that environment, he stands out. How do you do that? The Bible said, the king's words, it was the spirit he had. It's the attitude. I've told my kids from, from early in life, and it's my speech, attitude is the key to success. Whenever they got a little bit sideways, they said, look at me, what did I tell you? Attitude is the key to success. Good, say it again. Attitude is the key to success. It's your attitude. It, it, you think it's your boss. You think it's the place you work. You think it's the people. You think it's your husband. You think it's your wife. You think it's your kids. No, it's your attitude. It's your spirit. It's what you emit. And some of us were not trained to have the right spirit, the right approach to things. And it's, it's natural for us to think it's okay. But let me show you, if I can, the political dynamics he had to manage. And I want you to see how he managed them. It's a phenomenal example. First thing I want you to see is there were 100 satraps, they call them, or leaders. And uh, it, it said in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, or leaders, to be over the whole kingdom. So there's 120, quote, leaders over everything. 120. Then there are six governors over the 120 guys. Okay? Then it says, verse 2, And over these, the three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. So there are three governors over the 120 guys, and Daniel's one of the three. How does that happen? I mean, again... You get to just go from chapter one to chapter six. This guy is standing out. Amazing. And so it really takes away the excuse of I'm in a bad place and I can't prosper. 
it takes away the excuse that, you know, I'm in a horrible family or whatever or neighborhood. You, wherever you are, God can intervene and bless you. So here's this guy with 120, and I want you to watch the political advantage he has. The Bible said then, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. There's again that verse, verse 3. Daniel 6 and 3. Daniel now is highlighted above everybody. He is, in the king's mind, above all 120 leaders, all three governors. He's the best guy running. And he wants to promote Daniel. So he's talking about it. You know, you start, can you imagine? You know, I'm thinking about putting Daniel over everything. Now, now what you learn from this is, please, all of a sudden, these guys aren't happy. And so they seek to manipulate the king. So I call this political manipulation. And politi political manipulation is motivated because they don't want Daniel over them. Now, I want you to just notice what's going to happen. Beginning of the chapter, Daniel's favorite. The end of the chapter, they're trying, they put him in the lion's den. How do you get from being favored by the king to the lion's den? because the people don't like him. And they come up with a scheme to say, listen, this guy cannot be over us. Now, so I want you to understand, all the story of Daniel in the lion's den is born out of guys who don't like him. It's jealousy. And I want you to understand this, he could not control it. He had no power over it. No power over their opinions at all. Listen to what it said in verse four of Daniel chapter six. So the governors, that's two governors, right? There's only three governors, right? So the governors and the satraps sought to find some cha charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. They kept looking for things and they couldn't find anything. So you, now think about it again. You got three governors, right? Two of them don't like Daniel. You got 120 leaders, they don't like Daniel. So you got 122 people who are working against you. 122 people are plotting, what can we do? They're having meetings. What can we do to get him? I don't know. Is he ever late? No. Does he finish his responsibility? Yes, he's always on time. Is he ever saying anything bad about the king? Nope. Does he gossip? Nope. Does he go out on the town and has ladies on the... Nope. He's not a flirt? Nope. Not nothing. Everybody, no, no, no. This is frustrating. We've got to find a way to get this guy. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is pretty impressive. It moves me. I'm thinking, man, poor Daniel, you're a bad man. Look at verse, this gets, gets more, verse 5. They look for weaknesses in Daniel. They couldn't find them. Verse 5 says in Daniel chapter 6, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. What we've got to do is get him to somehow get in conflict with the king and his God. We've got to create a problem because there's nothing to find. We're going to make up something. And so what they do is they create this incredible scenario by looking for the king's weakness. They knew the king, like, you know, he was, could be flattered. And as we just, I want you to notice this. People that serve you know you. They know all they have to do is say a little bit, and you just say, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That's, yeah, thank you for saying that. And so they go to the king. They know he's a guy that you can flatter. So chapter 6, verse 6, so they, these governors and satraps, leaders, thronged before the king and said, thus to him, 
Oh, King Darius, King Darius, King Darius. <laughs> Man, this is like really feeling good to him. They said, we want to talk to you about this guy named Daniel. That's really what they want to do. But they're afraid to be that direct. So here's what they say. The governors, verse 6, satrap strong before the king and said thus to the king, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, how many days? 30. Except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. We want to have a 30-day period of honoring you, 30-day celebration of your greatness. There should be worshiping no God, no worship of any God but you for 30 days. Now, this is a trap. He's a, they're appealing to his pride, but he doesn't know it. He is completely blind. So watch what happened, verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians. Once you sign this, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, you can't change this. Which does not alter. This does not, cannot be altered. Verse 9, therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. He signed it. And when he signed it, it's amazing what took place. This personal decision changed everything. This political move created an environment that was hard to explain, hard to manage for Daniel. And so I want you to watch now the personal decision of a great man. You saw the political response of a great man. Now look at the personal decision, verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, and he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his what? Custom since early days. Everybody knew he prayed three times a day. Everybody knew. Think about that for a minute. What does everybody know about you? That's a thought, isn't it? Somebody's around you. What does everybody know? What are your customs, your routines, your rituals? Man, what is it that you, you customarily do? So they took what he did every day and swung it to use it against him. They manipulated the king into a place where he was now going to be used as a tool against Daniel. Wow, verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Now I want to pause and say this. This is a moment that Daniel could not control. There are some things you cannot control. You cannot control everybody's opinion of you. It's the first lesson you learn. You can't control it. Some people will not like you no matter what you do. Paint yourself blue, green, orange. It's not because you're black. You can be purple. It doesn't matter what you do, and you don't control that. One of the greatest things you can learn is what you don't control. And just accept that. There's some things that you just you shouldn't take personally. You just, it's just, I'm not their flavor of ice cream. And here's why you shouldn't take it personal, because there's some things you don't like. 
And there's some people you don't like, and, and I hate to say it like this, but to be really honest, and you don't know why you don't like them. I think you really, really need to see that about yourself. There's something healthy, I believe, in having foreign friends who don't speak your language, who don't have the same processing you do, who challenge the way you think. You know, one of the reasons for racism is because you don't want anybody to be different than you. You have this strange view that if you're one way, everybody should be like you. If you're African American, everybody should be like you. I tell all my white friends, say it loud, I'm white and I'm proud. You white, be white. Don't try to act black. <laughs> be white, all the way. Don't be halfway, y'all all the way white. Because you can't be, you, you, you know, you just, you try, you try, you don't even, you know, that don't, it don't work. <laughs> not to say that's black, okay, I'm not trying to say. But you understand what I'm trying to say. You see people, you are who you are. Come on, say, I am who I am. Come on. But you don't allow people to be who they are sometimes. If you're black, be black. If you're Asian, be Asian. If you are quiet, be quiet. If you're loud, tone it down. No, no. <laughs> be loud. I think you have the right to be. If you're a woman, be a woman, be a man, be a man. I mean, be, you know, it's okay to be who you are. And, 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 and the, there's something that happens when you allow that to happen. If you knew French people, I got some French friends. I just sent them an email the other day. We were talking back and forth. They're French. Thanks, French. He's French. The way they process, he's amazing. There's something, uh, you know, there's a, a, a uh, you just got to know people who, who are not like you, and it, it helps you see yourself. And there's something that they didn't like about Daniel, this Jewish guy who just wasn't like them. And they struggle with it. They struggle with it. When I go to a foreign country and they, and they do things differently than I do it, I have to check myself. Who told you your way is the only way? Who told you the American way of seeing that is right? Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? Some people are different. Throughout this country, you go to New York. How many of you from New York? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Put, own up to it. Raise your hand. <laughs> They're amazing. You know I'm telling the truth. You New Yorkers, you know, when you go to New York, there's a certain, you've you got to be able to deal with the, you know, traffic and the crowds, and there's a strength they have. When you go there and you knew, you can tell somebody in New York never been there. <laughs> Especially there in Manhattan, and they get on that, and it's like, hey, people everywhere, you know, they're, oh, Lord, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of and they're taking pictures. Look, Helen, I ain't never seen so many people in my life. I mean, it's just, and it's not just that. It's other cities, other cities, you know, L.A., New York, other places around the country, around the world. People are different, and there's something about being able to embrace the differences, embrace the uniqueness. And, and this story, they're not embracing Daniel. And listen. He can do absolutely nothing about it. And there are those moments. On a job, in a neighborhood, it's just the way it is. And I love the way he rises above it. I love the way he said, I'm going to go pray and move on with my life because I cannot spend any time trying to change their opinion. That doesn't work. That's something they have to grow through. And you have to come to that place. You kind of help people move on when you move on. So verse 
12, they attacked by using the king. They've manipulated the king. And I want you to notice the king is manipulated into a self-inflicted crisis. And this is what I call high-class manipulation. They have tricked him now. And it's going to come to light, verse 12. Then they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the, this, this thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. The king acknowledges he just signed this decree. Well, watch this now. The king is forced to manage, I love this, his inflicted crisis. Sometimes you do something that you didn't think about and create your own crisis. Look at verse, verse 13. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, notice how they describe it. That Daniel guy, you know. <laughs> I put that in big bold prints for you. That Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah. Oh, now we're going to, okay, now we're going to get into ethnicity. <laughs> he wanted, you know, one of the captives. Now these guys, he's, you know, he's old now. He's, he's 70, 80 years old. But you're still talking about he's from one of the captives from Judah. Does not show due regard for you, O king. For the decree you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. They sat there and watched him. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. Man, I cannot believe that I have done this. I cannot believe I've been manipulated into all this debt. I cannot believe that I was manipulated into this relationship and I am now seeing that I was the dumbest one in the room. And that's one of my sayings, don't be dumb. If you're going to be dumb, just try not to be the dumbest one in the room. You know, sometimes you do. Everybody know, the whole family know, he don't work. <laughs> Everybody in the family, when they see you with him, they say, oh, help him. Help him, Jesus. Help him. You know, they do. They see you come in with her, they say, oh, boy. <laughs> then they start singing, fire. <laughs> And you know, you know you got somebody special. And you, everybody just look at you and say, hmm. And then I'll tell you, you're the dumbest one in the room. The king looks at these guys and realizes he's been manipulated. And the Bible said a fascinating thing. He's, he tries all day. Verse 14, set his heart to to, on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. What can I do to free Daniel? What can I do? Because this, this is the guy he wanted to promote. Verse 15, then these men approached the king and said to the king, now, O king, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So you know, king, you signed this, so uh, to the lion's den, he must go. Now, now, see, some people trap you and then push you. They trap you. Can I say what I want to say? Can I, it just hit me. Just, I was, I'm going to say this and run. I'm going to say it and get off of it real fast. They smile at you, get you to get them credit cards. They smile. Ah. Woo! 
we like you. Membership has privileges. You do all these things. You sign, you say, oh, yes, do you want a discount? Oh, yes, we'll give you one. It takes five minutes, two minutes. So what's your social security? And you type it in. Okay, what's that? Uh, well, you'll get 10% off right now. And you sign. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cancel this card. No, you're not. I'm gonna cancel this card. Still got. It. So I'm just saying. So you get it, and then all of a sudden you realize you've been trapped. You trapped. You tied. You tied down. And then you, you call them and you say, Hey, uh, I can't make a payment. I have my tire went flat, and the devil got into my motor. And then you know, you give them all these good reasons, and then. <laughs> They say, well, let me tell you something. All of a sudden, they just change. This is not nice before you can't pay them. Ah, that's fine, but uh, you know if you don't pay it, your interest rate goes from 12 to 50, you know. <laughs> We're going to double your interest rate to 24% or something, you know. If you don't pay it on time, and you see that, it's on the third page at the bottom in the small print. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. And so then all of a sudden, you see your interest rate double, and all this stuff happens, and now the world has changed. It's amazing. They trap you, then they push you. Can you say that with me, please? Come on, say they trap you. Come on. Then they push you. One more time. Come on. They trap you, and then they push you. Push you. We're going to turn your name in to those people, and they're going to lower your score to two. You better pay us, or else. So, okay, that's, that's, I'm back. I'm back. It just, it just reminded me. So the king, verse 16, gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And this is horrible. Then watch this now. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. This guy, to the very end, is hoping, praying, believing for the best thing for Daniel. Verse 17, then a stone was brought, laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of the, his Lord. So these guys under him are bringing their rings in. That's right. <laughs> He's in there now. And uh, the purpose was all focused on killing Daniel. Now, can I just get you to note for a minute, verse 18. Look at the prayerful response of this king. I put, notice the king's attitude. Now, you got to imagine Daniel. What's it like being taken to a place where somebody can eat you. Wow. That's a moment. So you walk in there. Hey, line. <laughs> All right, God, this has got to be the moment. You show up. If I ever needed the Lord, I sure need him now. You ever had a moment when you're walking into the lion's den, you walk into that office, you walk into a circumstance, and you know if, if God doesn't deliver you, you're in trouble? And uh, so he walks in, they, and they, then they put, a big, they put a big rock on it to make sure he can get out. Okay, I'm in here now with the lion. I, I, I just, when I get to heaven, I want to watch this tape. That's one of the, I'm going to go to the library in heaven. I want to see, show me what happened with the lion and the lion. I want to see that in the den. I want to see that live and in color. So watch what happens, verse 18. The king is praying, verse 18. The king went. All right. To his palace and spent the night fasting. Wow. He's a guy who understood how to connect with God. Even though he's not serving God, he understood. You know, some people have a, a spiritual respect. They have a spiritual sensitivity. 
There's no, no signs that this is a follower of God in the sense that, 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 that um, Daniel was, but he understood and cared enough to say, I'm not going to eat. And then he said, and no music today, no CDs, no DVDs, no movies, no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. He couldn't sleep all night. Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice, with a very concerned voice. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the, of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Pause. Imagine that moment. You did this. You made this happen. Your pride brought this man to this place. Have you ever felt guilty because of what you brought into somebody else's life? Have you ever messed up something? Have you ever been in a place? And I want to show you the profound moment in verse 21 when Daniel says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth so that they have hurt, not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. God fixed it. Sometimes you'll mess it up, but God will fix it up. Come on. That's what I like about it. I can mess it up. I can, I, I, in my best moment, my pride can blind me. And I don't realize that I've made a decision or a series of decisions that wasn't the best. And I want you to notice verse 23. The king was exceedingly glad for him. And commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him because, because, because he believed in God. Because he believed in God. Come on, amen. Because he believed in God. There's something that happens in your life when you allow God to take a hold of something you messed up. You may have given it your absolute best, but you messed it up. And there's no way to deny that you messed it up. The king didn't deny it was his fault. But God saw something powerful. Now, there's what I call in conclusion here a predictable outcome for those who made this happen. And there's something about making it your point to get people. You be careful about who you go after. And how you do it. And I, I made a statement. This is a predictable, predictable outcome because of their leader's attitude. When you follow the crowd in this way, listen to the outcome. Verse 24, the king gave the command that they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions. Then their children, their wives, watch who you marry, and their lions... <laughs> overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the pit den. When they threw them in, the lions were jumping up and grabbing them. Now, that's horrible to imagine, but it's what happened. If you watch Jurassic Park, you can take this. Now, here, here's the point. Here's the point I'm trying to make. There is an amazing lesson when you decide to go after people with a bad attitude. Back up for a moment and ask yourself, am I like Daniel on the job or like the accusers on the job? 
Am I always in the crowd of complainers and whiners and hating on people who I think shouldn't be promoted because I think I should have got the job? Is that you or are you like Daniel? Which one are you? When they look at you, do they look at you and do they say these amazing words? These words are profound. We found an excellent spirit in, say your name. Would they say, that person has an excellent spirit? Or are you the person who says, I don't take anything? And I don't play that. And I mean what I say. See, I want you to think, there's something that you can develop. And you'll wonder all of your life, why won't they promote me? Or why do I get promoted? I'm reading this new book. I always read a new book, right? And it's, it's yeah, you say, right, pray for the pastor. And, and I want to tell you the name of it, because if I don't tell you the name, you just send me emails all day and ask me the name. What's the name of the book you mentioned in church? So let me just tell you, then you won't have to, everybody have to write me and, and say, tell me the name of the book. It's called Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell. It's a book on managing Disney. It's uh, 10 principles of management at Disney. They use it to, as a foundation for the Disney University, and, which is how they train their staff. So anyway, reading this book, Creating Magic, I just started it. And one of the things that Lee Cockrell tells in this book is hilarious. And Lee Cockrell says, he said, now he's the guy who was promoted to be over all their operations and stuff. And he said, he said when I first started managing, I was a jerk. He said, he said I was beat up two times by staff people. <laughs> Not at Disney, prior to going to Disney. He said, one time, he said, I said something to somebody, and I was, really, I was really rude, and the guy hit me across the face, across the face and knocked me down, and he said, I had to get three stitches for that. <laughs> then he said, the next time, he said, not a few years later, he said, I said something else to somebody, and this guy, he hit me across the head with a clipboard, and then knocked me out of my seat. You know what I'm saying? I had to get several more stitches for that. And his wife said to him, after the second incident, uh, do you think this is happening because of the way you talk to people? <laughs> you think this is your, maybe in the attitude, you know, that you have? It's great. Then he said, but that didn't stop him. <laughs> he said, he had one more incident. He said he was going to see one of his managers, right? And the manager was so stressed out because he was coming, he literally fell out of his, fell out and had to be taken to the hospital because he had a meeting with him that day. So when he came to the, he said, what happened? He said, well, he knew you were coming. <laughs> so he fell out. <laughs> we, had to, we had to take him to the hospital. So, so the guy got out of the hospital next day, and he went to meet with him. And he said, listen, he, said, he, was, so, he was so convicted. And he said, well, what is it about me that makes you like, sick? He said, well, people say you're awful. <laughs> and he went through this whole list of things with Lee that really reshaped his approach to managing people, which became the foundation for how he trained at Disney. You gotta treat people with respect, Amen. appreciation, and value. You have to make sure that you respect people, that you understand who they are. And there's, just because you've been given this position of authority doesn't mean you should be this way. There's a time to hold people accountable, I get that. But I think there's a balance, and somehow in the midst of this, and I read this, I thought to myself, man, Lord, let me have the attitude of Daniel. When it's all said and done. Now, here's the result. When, because Daniel was so faithful, now this is not in your notes, but da, let me show, put a graphic on the screen here. You can see Daniel chapter 6, verse 26. Here's how it closes, okay? This is an amazing quote. This is the king talking. He said, I, made, I make a decree that in every kingdom of my, every dominion of my kingdom, Men and women, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. 
for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. That was how it all ended. You will impact people with your attitude. The Bible said, men will see your good works, and they'll glorify the Father. What would people say about you? I pray that you fight, but fight with the right attitude. And it changes everything in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that what we talked about today will bless and lift the life and the vision of those who gathered here today. That it will transform the way they view themselves. It will transform the way they interact with others. We have to be tough people. There are things that we have to deal with in life. But we have to deal with them with the right attitude. Sometimes that's a strong response, I understand. But with the right attitude. And so help us, Lord God, to look at our marriages, look at our, look at our relationships, our friendships, the way we treat our employees, the way we treat our bosses, and ask the question, do I have the right attitude? Am I the kind of person that God can promote and trust to care for and love people? With my children, grown children or young, am I respectful? Am I gracious or am I still yelling, you're my, I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, and all that tension that's created because of the, the way we approach them. Are we respectful to our parents? Do we remember what they've sacrificed and given to us? Or have we developed a bad attitude because they won't help us as much as we think they should? Whatever feelings we have, Lord, help us to take Daniel as an example of what a good spirit can lead to and what a bad spirit can lead to. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, well, look at me. I want, I want you to look at me. I want you to hear me. Look, I want to look at you and want you to hear me say this. You heard a message that touched you, but what will you do with it? How will you respond to what you've heard? For some of you, you might need to say, God, you know, this sermon has helped me see that my attitude towards you hasn't been fair. I have not been serving you. I've never really given you my life. I've kind of lived my own way, done my own thing. Daniel was a worshiper of the living God. You want to be like Daniel, you have to commit your life. And say, Father, I want you. Daniel was committed. Are you committed? Some of you would say, Pastor, I have. I started off right, but then I got off. And I really need to rededicate my life because I, have, I am off. I am off spiritually. And I know it. I, I was raised to think better and do better than this. And thirdly, some of you are not a part, you're not hanging with the right group. You need to be a member of a church, and this is a church you need to consider. For some of you, this is the place. And whether you're here or streaming in live, it doesn't matter. You know these three things. You're somewhere in them. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who say, I need to start a life with Jesus. I pray for those who say, I need to, to make a decision about my walk with God. I have never been, the word salvation, delivered. I never, I've always lived my own way. Now I need you. Now, Lord, there are some who say, I've, I've, not, I've not been committed to you. I've, I've started with you, but I've been in and out, out and in, in and out. And I need to rededicate my life to you. And some really need to be a part of a church, a fellowship, or a group of people. They need to hang with people who are going in the same direction they're going in. A place that can help them grow. They can give them what they felt today. Help and guidance, support and strength. People they can partner with to help them touch others who have needs around this world and community. 
I pray for those who need to make that decision, who feel that call in their hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. If one of those prayers applies to you, I want you to please take this card. 